1 Kings 19. And so um, a couple weeks ago, I spoke about all things new. And I think as, as we end this year and go into a new year, um, I believe God has something new for all of us. Um, and I don't just say that as, as a, something that's cheesy or, or as a cliche or anything like that. But I do believe that God has something for, for you. I think he has something for this church and I, and I think um, God wants to stretch us in, in some pretty cool ways as if we'll allow him to do that. A few weeks ago, I, I spoke on this 1 Kings chapter 19, verse um, 19 through 21 about the call of Elisha by Elijah. Um, and, and as he was out in the field plowing with the ox, here comes Elijah and throws his mantle upon him and uh, says, hey, I want you to follow me. I want you really to be the next prophet. Now, we talked about this, that Elijah, that, um, you know, he had a normal life. He had a, he had a good life. He, he was prospering. He was well-respected. All these things that, that were good. And, and I think he would have lived his life and, and would have served and give the kingdom of God, all that many times over. But Elijah calls him, and Elijah kind of stands at a crossroad. And the crossroad is that he could extend his past into his future and continue to live his current life, which wouldn't be a bad life. He, he would be, you know, this agricultural king in some ways. He, he would, um, you know, have family. He would have grandchildren. He would be doing great things, ma- making an impact. But God was calling him to chart a new future. And so he stood at the crossroads and had to decide, okay, am I going to extend my past or am I allow God to chart my future, which is going to be challenging, it's going to be risky, it's not always going to be easy, it's going to be uncomfortable, and it's not necessarily going to be safe. And I think for us as we come into this new year, we can kind of stand at that same place. We can stand at those crossroads. We can extend our past from 2014, 15, 16, 17, in 2018, continue to do the same things that aren't necessarily the bad things. We can live a normal life. We, we can do the safe things. We can do the comfortable stuff. We can continue that on through in 2017, into the next year, into the next year. Or we can come before God and say, God, are you charting something new and different in this coming year? And I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is yes probably in any season to that. But the, the, but the key to it is are we willing to let God do it? You know, we sang this morning, God, I want more of you. And hopefully we're not just singing those songs. Those are declarations. God, we want more of you in my life. God, I want more of you in, in, in my physical life. I want to, I wanna, you know, feel better. I want to, you know, look better, whatever. Lord, I want more of you in my emotional life. I, I want to overcome some of these things. I want more of you in my spiritual life. And I think for us, if we pause and to say, God, what are you doing? We reflect, we meditate. God, where, where are you taking me into this next year? Where are you taking us as a church into this next year is going to be vitally important. And for us, for a lot of us, we're going to have to burn some things. We're going to have to sacrifice some things. You know, when I look out at us this morning and, and even as a church, I see great things and I see great people. I see God really creating a, a church full of people that, that are just filled with different gifts and different talents. But sometimes we're a little bit like Elijah. We're, we're comfortable. We play it safe. We, we say, okay, I'm just making it through today. I'm going to make it through next week. I'm going to make it through next year. And, and sure, at the end of the day, when we stand before God, he's going to say, hey, you, you did a good job. But I think there's more. I think he's stretching us, that he wants to stretch us, that he wants us 
to, to go a little bit deeper with him or a whole lot deeper. I think there's great things that we haven't tapped into. We haven't allowed God to really draw out of us in some ways. And I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, I think there's books. I think there's businesses. I think there's churches. I think there's things inside of us that God wants to do, but they're scary or, or they're, they, they require a, a risk in some way. You know, the scripture that I haven't read yet, let me read it. It says, Elijah left there and found Elijah as he was plowing. Twelve teams of oxen were in front of him, and he was with the twelfth team. Elijah walked by him and threw his mantle over him. Elijah left the oxen, ran to follow Elijah, and said, Please, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. Go on back, he replied, for what have I done to you? So he turned back from following him, took the team of oxen, and slaughtered them. With the oxen's wooden yoke and plow, he cooked the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he left, followed Elijah, and served him. And we know throughout um, Kings and into Second Kings, we, we can see the, the story of Elisha and the great things that God did through him for the nation of Israel, calling Israel back into a place of repentance and a place of following God, even affecting outside the borders of Israel in so many different ways. You know, New Year's resolutions, Andrew and I were talking at the door this morning. He said, man, I don't even have a New Year's resolution. And, and I stopped making New Year's resolution a few years ago because so many times you don't keep them, right? 8% of people keep their New Year's resolution. Can you believe that? I actually, I thought it would be a little bit lower. And then I wonder how many of that 8% actually lie um, in that sense. So I, I don't know, or, or made it very easy. But you know, 100% of those who make New Year's resolutions I believe they start out well-minded, well-intended, committed, and wanting to see it come into fruition, whatever it is. If it's to get up early and read the Word, or if it's to lose weight and get back in the gym, if it's to be kind, whatever it may be, there's well-meaning behind it. But there's something that happens that only 8% follow through with it. Maybe the goal's too high, maybe it's ambiguous, maybe it's not specific enough. You, we, can, we can talk about all those things, but the point is that only 8% do it. And I want us, as, as we kind of come in this time of fasting, to, to set goals for the coming year, but not just to be in, the 8%, not be in the 92%, but to be in the 8%. To say, okay, God, this is what you're doing, and this is what you're going to continue to do. But there's some keys, I believe. There's three keys I want to give this morning. First is identity. Now, we've talked about identity many, many different times. And uh, I'm not necessarily going to go into it this morning, but are we defeated or are we victorious? Are we sons and daughters of God or are we stranger in the house? Are we empowered by God? Are we called by God? Have we been granted access to the throne of grace? We must remember who we are in Christ. I think that's key in so many ways. And so what I want to do here is I want us to practice this just for a moment. And so what's the person beside you or in front of you or behind you? I want you to tell that neighbor three who I am in Christ statements. So, for example, you may say, I am a son of God, or I am a daughter of God, or I'm a child of God. You can't use that one, all right? So you have to come up with something different. So go ahead and share for a couple minutes who you are.
Okay. Okay, so, hey, when I look around, I, I see a little hesitation sometimes. Why, why is that? Maybe we don't know. What is it? What did you say? I took, I took the two easiest ones, right? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you that one, all right. Yeah, there's a little bit of hesitation, right? It's like, okay, what? maybe it's because we're not sharing with a stranger, not a stranger necessarily, but it's like, okay, I don't want to sound too over-righteous or too godly or whatever. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but there's a hesitation that's there. And, and, and that's my point that, that I wanted to, to kind of prove in some ways is, do we know who we are in Christ? And, and, and not that it should just roll off like that, but really, shouldn't it just roll off like that? Because when we get out of bed in the morning, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I get a little overwhelmed just thinking about the things I need to do during the day or, or the different things that might be going on. Or just throughout the day, there's those times when it's like, man, there's a lot to do. Or even confidence level at times, like, okay, God, did you really call me to do this? Or, or you know, words come or, or you hear something that's, that's going on even in the world. I mean, you turn on the news and there's just so many things. And, and I'm, sometimes I'm like, God, are you, are you good? Are you faithful? You know, there's a lot of questions that we have. But if we know who we are and it rolls off, it, it really sets a course for how we live our lives. Now, I don't think we are... Um, uh, what's the word? Without knowledge. Let me put it that way. We're not without knowledge of who we are in Christ. If we have enough time, we can begin to list those things out. I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm an adopted son of God. What are some other things that you said? Not everyone at once, right? <laughs> Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Healed. This group I heard. Chosen, set free, friend of God, I heard. What else? Saints, all right. Trevor, what did you guys say? Okay, that's good, all right. I've already put you on, okay. Co-heir with Christ. I won't put you on the spot, all right? We had a conversation a couple weeks ago about these I am statements. Can you share just a little bit? If you Of how important they are. So the, the value of I am statements is every time you say I am, you are mentioning God's name because God is I am. When God sent Moses to Pharaoh, he was supposed to look at Pharaoh and say, I am that I am. Later on, it describes the relationship between Moses and Pharaoh. They essentially switch places. God told Moses, when you stand before Pharaoh, you will be like God and Aaron will be your mouthpiece. He actually wanted Moses to understand when you stand in front of Pharaoh, you're going to be me. When we wake up every morning, you have to understand that you are God in the flesh. Own that. So every time you make I am statements, whatever you say after that, you will call to you because you said I am. So it makes you mindful about saying things like I am sick or saying I am broke. It's more along the lines of I am healthy because the Bible says let the weak say I am strong. It's not a lie. It's just you standing in who you are.
So I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the head and not the tail. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am that I am. Own that. Thank you. Someone call someone else out, right? Just be ready. <laughs> Thanks for on the spot. But yeah, I just thought when we were talking how powerful that is that in terms of identity, who am I? Who are you? And, and just owning that, confessing that, how important that is, especially as we, you know, it's not necessarily coming to a new year, but it's just that marker that we always hold to as, we, as the calendar switches over. But what has God called you to? It's, it's to be able to fulfill that is so attached to who you see yourself before the Lord. You know, I ask that question, are you defeated or are you victorious? You know, we believe we're victorious, but sometimes we, we act as if we're defeated. Just like those statements, you know, that, that you know, I'm this, I'm that. And, and you know, speaking life and versus speaking death, you know. So, so I just want us to hold on to, to our identity and who we are in Christ and, and continue to understand who Christ has made you to be and that we are a representation of God here. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We're, we're the dwelling place of, of the Holy Spirit who empowers us, who fills us up each and every day to overflowing, to go out into the world. You know, David stood before the giant. You know, we, we have to sometimes run to our giants with that, with that tenacity of, of David knowing who he was. He knew he was a son of God. He knew he was a child of God. He knew his God was the Almighty One. Versus the other Israelites who, who saw something different with Goliath. And thus they, they cowered back in fear. The second thing is vision. And, and uh, it's really more revelation than I think vision. You know, Proverbs 29, 18, uh, the NIV says this. It says, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. The New Living Translation says, when people don't accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. The English Standard Version says, where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. The Holman Christian says, without revelation or vision, people run wild. But one who listens to instruction will be happy. Now, I, I think this verse has been preached many times. I think it's been preached a little bit out of context when it says, the King James, I know, says, without vision, the people perish. It's really in, in talking about a revelation that comes from God, a prophetic vision. It's not, hey, I need to have a vision for my life, this picture, and I'm going to follow it because if I don't have it. Because the law is mentioned here, but whoever obeys the law will be joyful. The people of Israel were running wild. That's why God gave the law. They were doing their own thing. You can see it throughout Genesis. You know, that's why the flood came. That's why God gave the law is, is to begin to show people this is the way of God. This is the, the right way you are to live your life, the, the direction that we are to go in. And today we have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit who is our direction, who is our guide, who is the revelation to us. And so the vision, direction, purpose of our life, I believe, is found in the Word of God. It's found in the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to continue to, to allow God to reveal His plan for us. And that's the essence of this fast that we're going to enter into. And I'm going to explain it here a little bit more in depth in, in a few minutes. 
But many times I think we come before the Lord with a picture already in our mind of what we want. Um, you know, a big old house with four garages or this going well or that going well. And we bring that picture before God and we say, God, this is the revelation. Versus coming before God and saying, God, what's the revelation that you have for my own life? Because many times the picture that we have is playing it safe or playing it easy or making it comfortable for us. Honestly, I have a hard time coming asking God for, for that picture because I'm a little scared of where he may lead me or guide me. But that's really the way we're supposed to come. That's faith. That's coming and saying, God, here is my heart. Here's my life. Here's everything. Give me a picture of where you want to, to take me. Give me that revelation. I remember Carrie used to always say this when we were in China. And we would come back and people would say, well, how long are you going to be there? And we said, we don't know. We wish we had a scroll of our life unrolled to where we could see all of it. But that's a little scary if you think about it. Because at that point, if God said, hey, you're going to come back to Greensboro, you're eventually going to pastor a church, you're going to do this, this, and this, I would have been like Jonah in some ways, and I think I would have run. But yet God can still give us snippets of that picture the revelation of where he may be leading us in a season or in a year. And so part of this fast is coming before God and saying, God, what is the revelation? What is the vision? What is the picture you have for my life in this coming year? It may be, it may be one year in a five-year, ten-year plan or whatever, but asking God for that. And when God gives us that picture, then we have to begin to ask God, okay, God, what are the next steps? How do I begin to put this into action? So that's number two. Number three is we have to have boldness. And I think the opposite of boldness is reluctance. You know, I think we can know who we are and we can have this revelation of what God is speaking to us. But for many people, there's a reluctance. You know, for those that want to lose weight, they say, I want to go to the gym, but maybe there's a hesitancy to go to the gym because it's an unknown that is there. Maybe um, for someone who, who wants healing or, or wants something else, maybe there's a reluctance to come before God and ask it with that tenacity because what if God doesn't do it? You know, there's, there's these hesitancies that we have at, time, at times. And in the book of Judges, the story of Deborah in chapter 4, um, it says, in verse 1, it says, The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud had died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazar. The commander of his forces was Sisera, who lived in, in Harasheth of the nations. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord because Jabin had 900 iron chariots, and he harshly oppressed them 20 years. Verse 4, Deborah, a woman who was a prophetess, and, and the wife of Laodoth was judging Israel at, the, at that time. It was her custom to sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of, of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up for her judgment. Verse 6. She summoned Barak from Kadesh of Naphtali and said to him, Hasn't the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go deploy the troops on Mount Tabor and take, and take with you 10,000 men, from the Naphtalites and the Zebulites. Then I will lure Sisera, commander of Jabin's forces, his chariots and his army at the Wadi Kishon to fight against you, and I will hand them over to you. Verse 8, Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. See, Barak had this hesitancy. He had this reluctance. The prophetess, Deborah, had spoken what God's heart was. But he said, hey, I'm not going to go unless you go with me. There was a hesitancy, a reluctance that was there. And I don't think Barak, it was just on him. I think it was for all the people of Israel. There was this hesitancy. 
Verse 9, I will go with you, she said, but you will receive no honor on the road you're about to take because the Lord will sell, sell Sisera into a woman's hands. So Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. And so boldness is what we need. Many times we're reluctant. You know, we talked about this um, at maybe at the beginning of, of this past year in 2016. I know we talked about is getting out of the boat, being at the edge of the boat and wanting to stick our big toe in the water to test it. Or maybe even to put our foot into the water, but still kind of being in one foot in the boat, one foot in the water. There's a reluctance that we have many times. Because when we get out on the water, it really becomes a place of, of, of really no return, a point of no return. Because then you're all in, in some ways, in, in some form. Israel had this reluctance. They said, yeah, we want freedom, we, we want this oppression to stop but we want the person beside me to do it. I just want to reap the benefits of it. And, and honestly, that's human nature. Is a lot of times we want to reap the benefits of it. We, we, want to, we want to hoist whatever trophy it is and say, hey, look at this championship thing without the work. Or, or we want the chiseled body or we want the healing of, of emotional pain. But it takes work to get through that at times or it, really all the time to get through that. We have to have a boldness to say, God, you've given me this, this identity of who I am. You've given me this vision, this revelation of where you're taking me, what you're doing in my life. But Lord, give me the boldness. Give me the confidence then to put it into action, begin to put it into the places and do the things that I need to do. We can just talk about it and say, yeah, God's moving in my life, but he wants us to put it into action. And that's really what, what I want us to do as, as we come into this next year. I'm going to hand these out, and then I'm going to talk about this a little bit more. Can you hand those out? Is this is our, our work pack for this year, especially during this time of, of fasting. Let me have someone this side. I sent this out in your email, so you have an electronic copy, but um, I do want to give everyone a hard copy to, to work through this. You know, all things new for 2018, and, and really the front gold page. Well, I'll wait till everyone gets one. Yes. Do we have some on this side? Don't flip forward yet. I'm kidding. I've always wanted to say that. Nobody looked at me. One at a time. As we come into this time of fasting, it's, I want to, it's going to require some work. So starting Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I want you to set aside time, not just to be in prayer, but to really begin to do some work. Um, and I think, you know, with all things new, moving forward, there's really three components of this. You know, I talked about the past, the present, and the future. And so this gold sheet kind of explains some of that um, kind of as, as an intro. On the back of the gold sheet are some just corporate prayer requests. If, as you pray, you pray for the church. These are some things to pray about. But the salmon-colored sheet... If you'll flip there, it says day one, salmon. Can I say that? Is this salmon? I hope it, salmon. This sheet is day one and it deals with the past. Now I think all of us, we have shadows that follow us around. Shadows of emotional scars, of, of pain, of whatever. 
um, from our past or whatever it may be. It may be regret, bitterness, disappointment, betrayals, failures, or, or so forth. And unless we deal with those, then they're always going to follow us in some form or fashion. And so day one is really about us coming before the Lord and beginning to ask God to reveal those things as well as um, laying them out and really bringing freedom to those areas. And so what you're going to be required to do on this sheet is, is really pull it out and list some of those things. What's something that is, that's a bitterness or a, a point of bitterness that you have in your life or a wound or something, a failure that continues to kind of chase you around, a regret? And you're just going to list these things out. And there's some scripture at the bottom. And it talks about breaking every chain. And then there's a suggestion that you can burn this piece of paper, but, but be careful if you burn it, all right? I don't want anyone's house to burn down. You can shred it. You can tear it up. Symbolically saying that no longer will these things hold you back, okay? These things may come back at times. I know there's things in the past that I've dealt with, and at times something just brings it back. And, you know, I've chosen to bless the person or forgive the person or, or, or lay that to the side. Those things may come back, but yet there's freedom that I have already won. There's victory that God's already given me. And so I'm not going to give the devil a foothold with that. And I'll choose to speak life or bless that person or, or that thing. And so this right here is going to require just an openness, a transparency there within your heart. But there's some things that, that we carry. I started this honestly at the beginning of December to say, Lord, are there some things in my heart that I've been carrying around, kind of like a shadow? There's a shadow that's been following me in some ways. And I began to list some things out and just put it before the Lord. And I've just felt a sense of freedom that, that has been there. And so I think for us to do this will be very powerful. All right. Day two, the green sheet is talking about the present. And I think the present, what's important about the present are spiritual disciplines. For us to really step into what God charts for our future is we have to have that depth of relationship with God. Now, everyone I believe in this room has a relationship with the Lord, um, but we all need to go deeper. And, and what is, what is the, the deepest we can go? I don't even know if we can answer that question. We can always go deeper with God. And so I've listed out some spiritual disciplines, prayer, study of the Bible, giving, serving, worship, fasting, listening and reflection confession, rest, and celebration. We've talked about these in some form or fashion in the last year. So what, what, what are one or two of, of these spiritual disciplines that you need to incorporate more into your life? You say, man, prayer, I pray X amount a day, I'm good praying. Okay, don't say I need to increase my prayer life, maybe, maybe, unless the Lord says that. Maybe it's celebration. Maybe you don't rejoice that much and you need to rejoice a little bit more. Maybe you need to confess more. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's rest. You know, rest is a spiritual discipline we forget about many times. And rest isn't just, hey, I've got Saturday off. I'm going to sleep in, watch cartoons all day. It's, it's really resting in the presence of the Lord and making sure that we're doing that. So there's some questions here that you'll have to answer as well. And then, the, of course, the, the blue page at the end, which is day three. This is the goal worksheet, if you want to put it down that way. It says, this year I'm believing God for, and there's four key areas, which I think is encompassing of our whole life. The personal, what's your personal goal? You know, serving, reading through the Bible, being more grateful. And you can see there's a couple lines there. And then there's the question. All four of these ask this question. What is my next step or what are my next steps to achieve this goal? Then you have family. Restoration of relationships, um, household salvation, regular devotion time. Maybe there's something else. Career in school, excellence, promotion, 
take on more leadership responsibility, and then ministry, intentional to reach out to others, disciple two people. These are just some examples of, of things that you can put. And at the bottom, it says, make sure your goals are clear and reachable. Each one should be smart. And this is just kind of a general principle, smart goals. Specific. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run 15 minutes five days a week. That's, that's specific, all right? Measurable. You can measure that too because it's 15 minutes, X amount of days a week. Achievable. Is it something that's achievable? If you say, I'm going to run three hours a day, seven days a week, that's probably not achievable, all right? So you need to make it achievable. Uh, relevant. Very, very similar. Isn't it, isn't it reasonable? You know, I'm not going to run three hours a day for seven days a week. And then time-bound, you know, in the next six months or in the next month or whatever. So these, these are specific things. Now, some of you are looking at this sheet and saying, man, I love this because I'm, I'm that type of ordered person. Some of you are on the other side saying, eh, I'm untasked. And that's not a negative thing. I'm just untasked. I mean, I just kind of go with the flow type thing. Is work this in, in whatever form your personality is. All right. And so as we go into the fast, we're going to take day one and saying, Lord, what's in my heart? And just clearing that out. Day two, being committed to spiritual disciplines. Day three, that revelation that God's beginning to show us and we're beginning to write down. God, this is my goal for this coming year. Now, here's the thing that we're going to do with this blue sheet is you will not hopefully lose this this year. So take a picture of it, scan it, keep it in your Bible, do whatever is we want to have some accountability with this. What, what is, you know, when I took coaching classes, uh, we, were, we were told C, S-E-A, support, encouragement, and accountability are the keys to someone successfully walking something out. So support is how do we support each other? How do we encourage each other? How do we hold each other accountable? Now, I've talked about accountability. Sometimes we shiver a little bit with accountability because maybe it's been shown the wrong way at times in our past. But accountability is really support and encouragement, in, in, in my opinion, is we want to pull these out once a month here on a Sunday morning and say, where are you with your goals? You know, it may be just an individual thing that you're pulling it out and you're looking at it. Um, and if there's a comfortability, you may, you may share with one or two others, one, one or two of these goals, just to have that accountability, to have that support, to have that encouragement. Because one reason resolutions, people don't keep resolutions is they don't have someone that they've shared it with, someone that's, that's just holding them accountable, supporting them, encouraging them along the way. You know, I love going to the gym. But I like, Josiah went with me this week, and, and I always like going with someone else because there's a little bit of just an encouragement that is there. You know, when you're struggling to lift something, you're saying, oh, come on, you can do it. You know, a lot of times life's that way. When, when God's called us to a certain thing and, and there's going to be struggle with it, I saw this on my sister's wall at, at Christmas um, on a, like a wooden thing. She said, God makes all things possible, but not all things easy. And, and I've seen that thing before, but it's kind of struck me like, yeah, God, you do make all things possible, but not all things easy. There's going to be some work that's going to be required on our parts. So are you guys up for the challenge? Are you guys willing to do this? All right, take your 15, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever you need to do from the second, third, and fourth and begin to get this down. What we're going to do next week, since, since you're here, I'll tell you what we're going to do next week, is we're going to, I'm going to share similar this word, but we're actually going to take some time to work through this, you know, so that's not an excuse not to work through it this week, but don't feel like you have to finish by Thursday, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it may take you a little bit more time to put the goals down and, and begin to process. I took a class in seminary, we had to write 
seven areas of our life, I think two or three goals in each, it was three goals because we had 21 goals in seven areas. That's a lot to then have, I mean, I may have kept four or five of those goals. So that's why I only gave four, right? Because four is a little bit more manageable than seven or eight or, or 12 or 15 or something like that. So any questions, any, any thoughts? All right. Okay. The reason we're doing this is because I believe God has great things planned for each of us. But if we continue just to extend the past into the present and into the future, just continue to go about the normal good life that we live, then we're going to look back in five years, ten years, or whatever and say, hey, I missed something, or, or there was something more God had for me. That's not to say our current life is, is inferior or is deficient in any way, but we stand before the Lord and, and we have our hearts bare before the Lord, examining, allowing him to examine that he's going to be speaking to us. If we put it on paper or we, or we put it out in front of people, the likelihood that we're going to do it is that much greater because we do have an enemy who comes and whispers things in our ears and wants to kill, steal, and destroy our purposes, our callings, whatever it may be, the dreams that are there. I've said this many times. When, when I look around this body, there's, there's an immense talent pool and gifting pool. You know, it's not just uh, misfit toys from, you know, from Rudolph or whatever that's, that's on an island. I'm a misfit, you know. You know, we all have our little quirks, I'm sure. But the beauty is God's brought together such a, a beautiful set of people not just so, hey, we can do a little worship on Sunday or, hey, we can greet each other or, hey, we can go back out. The There's some great things inside of each and every person. It's just that God wants to call them out. And the reluctance part is probably the biggest hurdle we all face is that we're a little bit reluctant to do it. But it's going to take that step. And that's the encouragement is take that step. Know who you are in Christ. Know the word that God has given you, that revelation. That's what you stand on. And then begin to walk it out. But there'll be times when you feel weary, times you'd feel like you don't have the strength. Let someone speak into you. Let, let, let the body speak back into you and encourage you along the way. Amen? Well, Lord, we thank you this morning. Thank you for each person that's here. Thank you for those that are traveling. We, we pray for those that are sick this morning that aren't feeling well. We pray healing over them, Lord. We pray, Father, as we close out this year in the next few hours, Lord, that, that we thank you for the 2017. We thank you for the blessing it's been. But, Lord, we speak life over 2018 for each person in this room, Lord, for each person at Piedmont International Church. Father, we pray as we enter into this time of fasting, that you open our hearts to allow us to deal with things of the past, those things that hold us back no longer, Lord. We declare freedom over people's lives. And Lord, in the present, we ask that whatever spiritual disciplines that you're wanting us to, to grow in, to have a greater commitment to, Lord, you'll speak and you will reveal that. And Lord, as we move forward into the future, Give us these goals. Give us these revelations. Give us these things that you want us to put into action, Lord. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for a people whose hearts are turned to you. Speak to us during this time. And Lord, also, whatever reluctance we may have, just remove that and give us a boldness, Lord. Help us to take those steps, step by step, Lord. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are...